I'm Denise. I'm the Scottish one. And she's a non-fiction editor. And I'm Louise, the English one. And she's a fiction editor. And together, we're the Editing Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Editing Podcast. Hello. This week, we're talking about different kinds of writers and how identifying what kind you are can help you work out the kind of editing that's the best fit for you. That's right. We all feel differently about writing. For some of us, it's a pleasure to sit down and let the words flow. But for others, it's painful. It can involve long periods of staring into space, followed by muttering and frantic deletions, perhaps even the odd expletive. Surely not. No <laughs> swearing in this podcast, Denise. We don't want no, iTunes. No. We don't want iTunes punishing us. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're right, though. Um, it's not pleasant for everyone. And yet, for some, it's a necessary part of the job. So my friend Helen is a good example. She's a scientist and has to write regular reports on marine geotechnical surveys. And the material's complex and it will be read by fellow scientists. But it's also going to be in front of people who aren't so fluent in the geophys, but who do hold the purse strings. Mm. And it needs to be accessible to them. Huge contracts are at stake. Exactly. When you're writing for clients, it's vital that your message is compelling and consistent and most of all, clear. Whether you're a confident, nervous, reluctant or impatient writer, the chances are you'll benefit from having someone review that. So let's have a look at four different types of writer. Maybe you'll recognise yourself. First up is the confident writer. If this is you, the idea of somebody changing so much as a comma of your writing makes you shudder. You've been told you're a good writer and you were always strong at English at school. Second is the nervous writer. You write well and the words flow onto the page, but still you're worried about making mistakes with punctuation, spelling and grammar. And you waste time second guessing yourself about what is and isn't correct. And you agonise over pushing whatever button will deliver that writing to your audience. Yeah. And third is the reluctant writer. Writing is just isn't your thing. And you spend so long trying to wrestle the words onto the page that you lose perspective and everything looks wrong. <laughs> yeah. And finally, the impatient writer. You just want to get the damn thing out there and be done with it as quickly as possible and hope that no one notices or minds any mistakes you might have made. So each one of those writers needs to take the time for editing, whether that's structural work or a more micro level copy editing and proofreading. So how might those four categories influence the decisions you make about revising your work? So if you're confident and writing from a position of knowledge or expertise, your readers might be unfamiliar with the language or terminology you use. That's like my friend Helen I mentioned earlier. The editing process for her is not just about picking up typos and grammar errors. It's about ensuring that the text is, is accessible. Now, it might involve explaining terminology or simplify, simplifying and rewording so that readers don't get distracted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you can also just be too close to your work and your familiarity with it means you can see what you want to rather than what's actually there. And this is why we can read and reread something several times until we're convinced it's perfect, only for someone to pounce on some glaring error within seconds of looking at it. I don't think we can ever underestimate the benefit of having a fresh set of eyes on what we've written. That's so true. I found that in my own writing many a time, not just mm -hmm. the blogs I write, but the short fiction too. And even some of my most confident fiction author clients just don't spot their own writing tics. I've been working on a novel recently where the author's a really confident writer, very good at structure and pacing, and he nails his chapter endings every time. They always end, end with a punch. Mm -hmm. But he does like to have his characters blinking. 
There's so much <laughs> blinking going on in that book that it makes me blink. Anyway, I've sorted out those twitchy eyes, so that's fine. But it's a good example of how we can't spot problems in our own stuff, yeah. even if we love putting words on a page. <laughs> nice segue into twitchiness coming up now. Oh. So for nervous writers, the revision stage is about relieving stress. I think this is where working with a third party editor really shines because knowing that someone else is going to smooth the text leaves you free to focus on writing naturally and letting your voice come to the fore. Mm. I worked with a business writer a few months ago whose authorial voice is gorgeous, really compelling. That the lovely Kendall MacDonald who we <laughs> interviewed in season one. It is indeed, yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So she was writing for audiences who didn't have the background in cognitive psychology that she does. So working with her to ensure her message was clear but understandable and tidying up the spelling, punctuation and grammar, let her concentrate on ensuring that her writing really popped. And the fact that you weren't approaching that with the same educational background was probably really useful for her because if if something wasn't clear to you it wouldn't be clear to her audience either exactly and that's a good point actually whatever kind of writer you are having a non-specialist reviewing your work can really help to ensure that you're on point for your audience does that thing, kind of thing come up in fiction yeah, it does. I edited a mystery centred around an amateur baseball camp recently, and the author's got a really distinctive narrative voice. But there were a couple of occasions where I tripped on the terminology and he was glad I wasn't American because his audience isn't just American. Mm. And it gave him a nudge to tighten things up in a few places. So it was um, the baseball terminology was accessible, but but still the, the story flow was intact. Oh, that's a really good point there. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of editing is best for the reluctant writer? Well, I think this is about bigger picture work because reluctant writers can end up with a message that's just tied up in notes. So editing that looks at the writing as a whole and assesses where the structure and flow need tightening up or clarifying can really help. Yeah, it's like it's like the editor is there on behalf of the reader. And for business writing, actually, it might even be worth working with someone who can go beyond editing and help with copywriting, too. Do you think, Denise? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So in that case, the author can write down their key points and the copywriter can develop and expand these into a coherent piece that costs more, but it saves a lot of time and stress. Mm. I had a comment on a LinkedIn post about this recently from a fiction writer. I'd written a post about conveying physical violence in fiction effectively. And she said that she sometimes writes scenes of violence for fellow authors who'd rather not. Because oh. they want that, that content in they want that content in their fiction, but it turns their stomach to put it on the page. And I must mm. admit, I, I found the, the concept within a fiction framework a, a bit strange. I wouldn't want another writer um, writing my bits of fiction. Yeah, yeah, but I'd, getting your voice right and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I'd worry about my style not being mimicked properly, but everyone's mm. different. So it was really interesting to get this point of yeah. view, you know, like it's yeah. just because I don't feel comfortable with it doesn't mean it might not really help another author get over exactly. a stumbling block. I mean, it, it obviously works for her and there might be other situations where that sort of division of labour almost um, would be helpful for yeah. people to, yeah. you know, to get somebody else in it just shows how it's really important for editors and writers not to make assumptions mm, because there yeah. really is no one way of doing things and what's important is that the copy or the novel or whatever um, is taking the reader where you want it to go exactly 
So let's talk about impatient writers. Impatient writers are impatient to publish. They want to get their work out there and editing is an obstacle that slows them down. Impatient writers don't want to draft and revise over and over, no matter what anybody else recommends. And I think this kind of writer probably benefits more than any other from fresh eyes. Yeah, and from non-fiction perspective, there's also brand at stake. Mm. Poorly proofed reports or brochures, blog posts or website copy, it all reflects badly on the writer and on the company. So there's a risk that readers, who, let's face it, are potential customers, view the errors as evidence of sloppiness in other areas of the business. So in this case, professional editing isn't just about writing credibility, but business integrity. That is so true. Mm. And I, I think the same can even be said of fiction. Novelists have brands too, whether yeah, they have a traditional publishing contract or are their own um, publishers. Um, I might try an author once, but if the book's poorly structured, I won't get into the story or I'll find it difficult to follow. Or maybe the characters bore me rigid. Same thing with sentence level problems. If I'm constantly tripping over not just the odd error, but pages littered with them, I'm not going to buy the second book because I won't trust that author to deliver. Absolutely. And that's where you read uh, the reviews on Amazon or somewhere and they're the sort of things that people are complaining about. And as an editor, you just think, gosh, it's probably a fantastic story, but people are hooked on on the errors that they're picking up there and it's taken away from how good their their actual novel is, which is a shame, really. Yeah, 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 really. It's a lost opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Yeah. Actually, there's a fifth type of writer. This writer enjoys writing and is happy that they can produce clear, compelling text, which is pretty error-free. They're confident they can catch any errors themselves. Fantastic. I remember reading Hugh Howey's take on this. I think when he wrote the original Wool trilogy and self-published, he did it all himself. I'm not sure really? what he not sure what he thinks now, um, now that he's with Arrow, a penguin it. Um, uh-huh imprint that they're publishing his books but I remember reading those early books on my Kindle and and they were in great nick really um, yeah I I do think that's unusual Amazon I think it's is, the exception isn't yeah. it yeah Amazon is rife with impatient novelists who have a ton of reviewers complaining about the mistakes like you were talking about earlier it's yeah. such a waste of an author's time if they don't take the time to at least learn the craft of self-editing well, that's it. Yeah, even self-editing is better than no editing, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And it really does pay not to get too complacent. So now it's time for Editing Bites. This is the regular part of the show where we each offer you a recommended tool or resource. Mine this week is a blog post with 10 tips for proofreading your own writing. It's perfect for small business writers and includes some ideas you might not have thought of. There are some really nifty ideas in that, Denise, and I agree it's perfect for short, shorter form content. Um, even fiction writers could use that for flash and short stories. Yeah. Um, so my bite is a little e-booklet called How Does Your Reader Dance? It helps indie fiction authors decide on what kind of revision to carry out in relation to how their audience might react. Great, great. So that's all for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the editing podcast. You can rate, review and subscribe via your podcatcher. And please tell your writer, editor and business friends, basically anyone who writes. You can get in touch with us via the Editing Podcast Facebook page. Drop your questions in there too and we'll get back to you. And don't forget the links we've mentioned are all in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.